This episode is brought to you in collaboration with Dermalogica. Hello, hi, and welcome to a very special episode of The Emma Gunn Show. This episode was recorded live at Destination Dermalogica in central London on August the 17th, 2019. In this episode, I quiz Dermalogica's Director of Education, Sally Penford, about all things skincare, from the do's and don'ts to the best way to curate your own perfect skincare regime. Plus, she gives us a deep dive into Dermalogica's newest innovation, the Phytonature Firming Serum. All the links from this episode will be available in the show notes, and I hope you enjoy this live edition of the show. Without further ado, here it is, The Emma Gunn Show at Destination Dermalogica. Hello! Oh, God, you're gorgeous. <laughs> Thanks for coming out on a Saturday. Yes. I'm very pleased to see you here. Right, can I have a quick show of hands? Who is here from the Facebook group? Yes! <laughs> Hi, who's here from Instagram? Amazing! Mm. Who's here from everywhere else? The rest. <laughs> Yay! We have podcast royalty in the audience. Hannah and Saruti from Red Handed. The best true crime podcast you'll ever hear are over there. Uh, thanks for coming, guys. Sorry for embarrassing you. Also, we have skincare royalty in the house. <laughs> Sally Penford, who is the Director of Education for Dermalogica. Um, mm-hmm. You have been with the brand for 30 years. Yes, I have. I didn't believe it. I, I know, Emma said I must have been a teenager. <laughs> yes, Obviously. I did. Um, but your story of how you actually came into Dermalogica is really interesting and just before we hear that story I'm just going to say what we're going to try and cover in this live podcast recording is share a load of really useful information with you about all things skincare, about your skin, how to look after your own unique beautiful skin but also give you some details about the new Dermalogica Firming Serum which you've mm-hmm. obviously, you know mm-hmm. is in your goodie bag mm-hmm. and hopefully what this means is and we've chatted about this beforehand so when you go home and you either go and buy skincare or use what you already have, you'll feel really empowered that you're exactly. using it in the right way and that you're going to get the best results. And you are the best person to speak to for that. Thank you. So, yes. <laughs> so tell me how you got involved with the brand. Well, I experienced eczema as a child. And uh, I remember going to the doctor with my mum and the doctor saying to me that I would grow out of it. And that was about it, really. And um, Yeah, I, I wasn't satisfied with that response. And even as a teenager then, I remember thinking, I, I need to understand my skin. I need to understand what's going on. Why have I got this eczema? What can I do about it? Because in those days, it was really just steroid creams. That was sort of the only solution. And so I decided at that point that I wanted to get into skincare in some, some shape or form. And... So I went to college in London to train as a beauty therapist and I remember feeling like a lot of what I was learning was not really for me, sort of the the nails and the makeup and it, it just wasn't really my bag, I loved skincare. And then there came an occasion when somebody from Dermalogica came in to present the brand to us. And I made an instant connection and I just thought this is a brand that's serious about skincare and if you can imagine all those years ago, it was very unusual to see a product that looked quite so clinical, you know, the sort of grey and white packaging and 
and I thought this is this is something I'm interested in and so I started using the product at that point and again I determined at that point that I wanted to work with the brand and so lo and behold I went and uh, started teaching with Dermalogica on a part-time basis and then moved into a full-time role and yeah I've been there ever since. And that's the thing, you talk about the appearance of it, and you talk, like, we're so used to seeing high-performance, like, ingredient-led skincare right now, but Dermalogica were really, really the trailblazers, sort of very quietly, like, here are our products, no bells and whistles, thank you very much, just use us for your skin. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I mean, our focus has always been upon trying to help people to get the healthiest skin that they can have. So you never hear Dermalogica talking about beauty. You don't hear us talking about making you look prettier, um, you know, or any of those sort of what we feel are quite patronising terms. We really want to just help you to have the best skin that you can have. And that's whether you have eczema or acne or sensitivity or you're ageing or, you know, whatever it might be. And to your point, Emma, that means that we're really focused on the ingredients that we use in the product. So we do exclude certain ingredients and we have done since the inception of the product. So artificial fragrance, artificial colour, anything which is comedogenic which means it would give you breakouts um, but we're also very focused on the ingredients that we do use there's a lot of research that goes into the product and my own personal consumer experience of Dermalogica because I was telling Sally beforehand that prior to becoming a beauty writer it was a brand that I spent my own money on is that I discovered it in salon and you have like thousands of salons where Dermalogica is like the trusted brand you have loads and loads of people using it on people's skin every single day. So you have a really intense and um, really comfortable dialogue with consumers as well. So you really know what people want and need and what the concerns are. Exactly, yeah. Um, I think a lot of people don't realise that Dermalogica actually started as an education company um, in 1983 in Los Angeles, California. Our founder, Jane Werwand, is a qualified therapist herself. I'm very proud to say she's English and she moved to the United States and she set up the International Dermal Institute as an education facility for therapists. Mm. So, you know, in those days in the States, the training wasn't particularly great. So she felt that there was a really a real need to upskill the skin therapist. And from that point, the skin therapist would then say to her, well, what product do you recommend that we use in our businesses? And she didn't really feel there was anything on the market that fit her belief of healthy skin. And so Dermalogica came along. Mm -hmm. But since then, yes, Dermalogica has become the number one brand in professional skincare worldwide. So it's used by more therapists than any other product. And to your point, what makes that exciting is that those therapists are working on people's skins day in, day out. They know skin better than anybody. They're just incredible. The insights that they have are incredible. So that actually determines a lot of the products that we formulate mm. um, is the feedback that we get from them on what their clients need, what they're experiencing. And it has changed over the years. Well, that was something I was going to say to you because I've been writing about beauty products for nearly 20 years. <laughs> and you suddenly you see a product launch with a new ingredient, for example, and you think, I know, three months time, my inbox is going to be full of new product launches with this particular topical ingredient. It's, all, it's going to hit critical mass, as we call it. And um, I'll, I won't be able to turn for seeing this ingredient. But Dermalogica is never a brand that 
that sits in that. You never get the predictable <laughs> email saying, mm. we've launched this serum with this ingredient and just because. So what is the impetus for you to actually formulate this product? I know you've already said about speaking to consumers, mm. but what actually makes you bring something to market and formulate it? So it will be a combination of need. So it's what the consumers need, but also science. You know, it's what research is telling us. So we're constantly seeing new research into skincare. It's actually never been a more exciting time, really, for research that we're, we're doing in skincare to help us understand how the skin works, how, therefore, ingredients can impact the skin. And then it's Dermalogica's job to then evaluate what's out there and what we feel is really credible. And then we do mm. clinical trials and clinical testing to make sure that we feel that there's something mm. credible there. Because what's really critically important to us is that the product must work. Yeah. We want it to be efficacious. So, yeah, we're, we're not going to do the snail slime and the, you know, dragon's blood and the, all the other things that have sort of come and gone. Um, we're really interested in what we feel is is efficacious yeah. to that point and rather than a show of hands can we have a, a yay because this is audio who actually feels that they think more about the science in their products and they think more about the ingredients than ever before yeah. yay <laughs> thank you whereas before i think it used to be like what the packaging was like i'm and i'm talking about my own experience i'm not judging anybody else i would choose a brand like I like that moisturiser, but I think I like the packaging on that one, so mm -hmm. that's what's coming home with me. But I think we are all really concerned with turning those bottles around and looking at the ingredients list. Yes, and I think that's where, you know, the internet has been amazing for us because mm -hmm. it's introduced us to this whole world of science and ingredients. But at the same time, the flip side of that is it's also made it very confusing because I think there is so much information out there that it's difficult to decipher what's truth, what's marketing hype, mm. and what's right for me, as opposed to, you know, what's right for everybody else. Mm. So, yes, I think uh, the awareness of ingredients is much, much stronger. And also probably, you know, people are much more aware of what they're eating. We're all reading the labels as we walk around the supermarket. You know, for Dermalogica, we listed full ingredient listing on our product from day one. Mm. And actually, at the time, you didn't legally need to list your ingredients. So we opened up a conversation around ingredients. You know, people would say, so why don't you use artificial fragrance? Mm. Why don't you use artificial colour when those things were actually standard in product at the time? And I think one of the things I do really personally love about Dermalogica is the fact that you, you always say, whenever we've spoken before, it's skin health, not beauty. And I had terrible teenage acne, and I tried everything to try and combat it. And it wasn't a beauty problem, it was a skin issue that I needed to tackle. Yeah. And that really is, you understand how emotionally distressing that is. Has anyone ever had a skin issue, be it acne or anything that has caused them actual emotional distress? We need a yay. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't want something that just covers it or just superficially deals with it. You want something that gets to the root of the matter. Yeah, 100%. I mean, that's something that we feel so passionately about. And as I mentioned to you um, before the, the podcast, Emma, you know, we're, we're passionate about educating people to have the knowledge to be able to make good decisions about their skin. Because mm -hmm. you're completely right, you know, 
there's, there's really no such thing as a perfect skin. Most people have skin issues to some degree. And so we really pride ourselves on having those authentic conversations about skin. Mm. So we're not frightened to talk about and to show pictures of acne and what that means to a person. I mean, that's probably, you know, one of the most distressing disorders. And we were recently talking a lot around adult acne because, you know, you sort of, you get past your teenage years and you think the spots are over and then actually you get into your 40s and suddenly the spots reappear and you think, what the hell's going on here? <laughs> um, but, you know, that's really distressing. Mm. So it's very important for us to educate on skin health and how we can help you to get your skin back into a good balanced state. And speaking of education, everyone in the room, I'm sure, will know a lot more ingredient names than they ever have before. And as much as that can feel like, yes, finally, I understand everything, I don't know about you, I think it can create a little bit more confusion. Mm. So based on that, how, how do you find those topical ingredients? How do you identify what will work for you? Mm -hmm. Well, my first piece of advice, unsurprisingly, would be to go and visit a skin therapist. Mm -hmm because they really are educated in skin. You know, they've, most skin therapists have done a minimum of two years training in skin. And as I mentioned, they're dealing with skin every day. So they, they really are very knowledgeable. So if you really don't have a clue, you don't know where to start, I would say go and visit your skin therapist. They will usually provide you with a free consultation and a free skin analysis so that they can just talk you through what's going on with your skin. And ask questions, you know, really drill them, get as much information as you can as to, okay, so I'm seeing those dilated capillaries on my cheeks, you know, that redness on my cheeks. Why am I getting that? What's causing that? Is it seasonal? Is it in my environment? Is it products that I'm using on my skin? So that you can really start to, to understand why your skin changes. Because you know, your skin is a living organ, so it's changing all the time. And you know, that we, we don't talk about skin types specifically because the skin type that you were born with is probably completely different to the skin that you're living in today due to the environment and the lifestyle that mm. you lead. I mean, again, we're going to need a yay, not a show of hands. <laughs> but does everyone in the room feel confident that they know their skin type? Yeah. You do. Mm. Escandalo, I'm impressed. Okay, I mean... But that was quite a minimal yay, wasn't it? Yeah, it was sort it's of one a... very, very confident person. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because I think, um, and it changes during the season, over mm. the course of the seasons and whatnot. So can you, can you have a good idea or could you be very surprised when you go to a skin therapist? I think you can be very surprised. Okay. I mean, just as an example, one of the, probably the question we were, are asked the most is what's the difference between a dry skin and a dehydrated skin? So, you know, does anyone in, in the room know the answer? Feel confident that they know the answer, lady at the Yeah, shout room. out if you do. <laughs> Go on, no, Go? Sally. Okay. Floors with you. Okay. So, that was a big question for me when I was a teenager because I had eczema and my skin was very dry. And I'd always assumed my skin was dry. And so, I would use very heavy, rich emollient products on my skin, but actually, they didn't solve the problem. And it was only when I started learning about skincare that I understood that actually my skin was dehydrated, it wasn't dry. So the difference between those two is that your, a dry skin is a skin that's lacking oil, whereas a dehydrated skin is a skin lacking moisture. So 
If you have a dry skin that lacks oil, you will probably know about it because you will be somebody who needs to moisturize your entire body, top to toe, every time you shower or bath because otherwise your skin itches, it flakes, it feels tight and dry. Whereas dehydration can affect everybody. So whether you have an oily skin or a sensitive skin, whoever you may be, dehydration is largely caused by our environment. So for example, in the UK, we live in central heating for the majority of the year. That literally saps our skin of moisture. So it causes dehydration. How do you recognize that on your skin? Well, you'll probably see lots of little tiny, fine, dry lines on the skin. So it's almost like a crepey look, like an onion skin. So if you get up close to the mirror and you maybe smile, you'll see lots of little tiny lines around your eyes. And they're not wrinkles. Those are dehydration lines and actually very easy to treat. We can do something about those. So we just need to saturate the skin with moisture. So that's a really good example of, of you know, sort of the types of questions that we get. And you've also said to me previously, every skin type is unique and every, every skin, sorry, is unique. And every yes. skin can be beautiful. Yes, 100%. And, and I think that's a little bit of my, my frustration with the internet and the you, information that you can get your hands on is that you could look at something and somebody's raving about it online and says this is the best product ever and so you think I'm going to get that you know I've got to go out and buy that and actually it doesn't work for you and that's because your skin is so unique and your skin is changing all the time so as we've mentioned it might be seasonal it might be because you work in central London and you're exposed to pollution every single day now pollution will cause pigmentation in the skin it can cause congestion and breakouts and it can also cause premature aging so you know dependent upon the environment that you're exposed to to will determine how your skin behaves so how do you become an expert in your own skin? Because again, that's like, oh, well, I do work in a big city and I probably am being affected by pollution, but what now? Well, as I mentioned, I think first and foremost, try and see a professional skin therapist. Mm -hmm. But then some key tips that we can give you is to really, we were talking about this, Emma, really looking at your skin every day and being quite objective about it and not just reaching for the same products that you reach for all the time, but really thinking about what's going on with my skin today. So you may look at your skin in the morning and think, it's looking very tired, it's looking a bit dull, it's looking a bit lifeless, it needs a boost of energy. So that then sort of you can translate that into, okay, what sort of ingredients might be good for me to use today? Actually, Phytonature Firming Serum would be the most amazing product to put on. Or it might be a vitamin C product. You know, vitamin C is really revitalizing for the skin. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you were to look in the mirror in the morning and you think, mm, my skin's looking a little bit pink today. I was out yesterday in cold winds. I was out for a walk for a couple of hours. Then I came in and sat by a hot fire and my skin has reacted you might then need something more anti-inflammatory. So you might be looking at more of your calming, soothing ingredients. So it might be sort of oats, um, or it might be like a calming gel mask that you want to pop onto the skin. So it's, it's really becoming just much more aware of what you're seeing and what you're feeling on a daily basis. Yeah. And if you look in the mirror and you think, God, my skin looks great today, give yourself the double guns and a round of applause. Yes, exactly. Absolutely. Because <laughs> you've worked for that skin. I know you have. I know you have. 
So given all the information out there, how, what are the products and ingredients that can actually make and have an impact on your skin? Well, hopefully you're all using a cleanser and a moisturiser with an SPF, ideally. Is that a yes? Yes. yes? Okay, good. That where you can really make an impact to your skin's issues, for want of a better word, is with your targeted treatments which would be your serums and boosters. So those products are much more concentrated than anything you will find in a moisturizer. So a serum, as an example, would tend to be about 90% active ingredients. Now, an average moisturizer might be around 5 to 10%. And just to be really clear, when you say active ingredients, you mean an ingredient that can have an effect. Yes, right. exactly. So, you know, um, let's take a moisturizer, for example. Think about the purpose of a moisturizer. A moisturizer is designed to sit on the surface of the skin and protect you. That's its primary function. So you don't necessarily want a lot of active ingredients in that product because there's, you don't want so much absorbing and having a deeper impact. You actually want it to be on the surface of the skin. Whereas a serum, you want to absorb into the skin. So there's a lot of different types of, of serums that you can use there according to your targeted issues. So it might be that breakouts is your issue. So you want to use a serum that targets breakouts. It might be inflammation. It might be aging. Mm -hmm. Or well, my favorite portmanteau, inflammaging. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Which we'll come on to. We will come yes. on to. I shan't jump the gun on that one. Mm -hmm. um, I want to talk about the expectations it's fair to have on your topical ingredients because we know that some types of skincare can have an immediate impact mm. like you can see it the next morning or you can see it by the end of the week and others you have to really stick with and three weeks in you have to be like I know I'm going to get the results I know I'm going to get I know it's mm. going I know it's coming what are realistic expectations to have on the different types of topical ingredients so something which will give you an instant effect, as an example, would be your exfoliant products. So whether that's a physical exfoliant that's literally rubbing the dead skin cells off of the surface, or whether it's a hydroxy acid mm -hmm. that dissolves the intercellular glue that sticks the cells together, those will give you that instant impact. Um, the things that you need to be consistent with and to use on a regular basis are things like your retinol, your vitamin C, you know, those ingredients where you want to see a deeper and a long-term impact. And that's actually a really interesting point of discussion because there is a tendency these days to keep trying new things all the time. Right, we're stopping there to say, who does that? Who wants to try something new all the time? Yes, yes. I know. I know it's tempting. And I know, you know, it's like a sweet shop. There's so many amazing things out there that you want to try. But really, if you want to see impact upon the skin, you've got to remember that the skin is regenerating constantly. But it takes the average skin about a month to regenerate. Now, that slows down as you age, I'm afraid to say. So you could be then talking two months, you know, that you're getting a new skin. But as you can imagine, if you really want to see a difference, therefore, you've got to wait at least for one skin cycle. But if you're talking about something like stimulating fibroblast activity, which is where all the collagen's produced in the skin, you could be talking about two months, 
three months and you will see a cumulative mm -hmm. benefit. So yeah, got to be consistent. And something like a hydrating mask might be the thing that you could put on the, in the evening and think, yes, my skin looks great the next morning. Yeah. And masks are a perfect example of that. Yeah. I mean, a mask is also something which is designed to be instantly active on the skin. Mm -hmm. So you'll get that more superficial instant benefit. Hyaluronic acid yeah. is a great ingredient there because it introduces moisture into the skin. It holds on to moisture in, in the skin. So yeah, that's a perfect instant fix ingredient. I remember when I first started in beauty journalism, a noise that apparently, it's not a noise that's exclusive to beauty journalists, but whenever hyaluronic acid came up in conversation, everyone, the descriptor would go, oh, it's, you know, it's really hydrating. It makes your skin go... <laughs> Yes, fucking in noise. Yeah. So we made a joke that, that was only for beauty writers. Anyway, yeah. um, now let's talk about the research that has gone into Phyto Nature Firming Serum because it's rather fascinating. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is that one of your skincare devices? Uh, something squeaking somewhere. Ignore, it's nothing to worry about. So, yes, yeah, so some really interesting research has been occurring around epigenetics in skincare. Have, has anybody heard of epigenetics? A couple of people have, have heard of it. So we've always known that your skin's ageing is determined somewhat by your genetics and somewhat by what you're exposed to throughout your life. What we now know is that genetics plays about a 50% role in how your skin ages. So, you know, sadly, we can't look at our parents and say, ah, oh, they've got amazing skin, I'm going to have amazing skin. You know, unfortunately, that's not how it works because that's only 50% of the skin's ageing. What we now know is that actually your exposome, which includes external factors and internal factors, cause the other 50% of the skin's aging. So again, we used to talk about intrinsic and extrinsic. We've, we've sort of taken that a step further because extrinsic is really pollution, UV, you know, it's sort of things on the outside. Whereas your exposome also accounts for things going on on the inside. So it will be your diet, the amount of sleep that you're getting, the amount of stress that you have in your life. Okay, so you've got your genes, you've got the stuff that you can't control that's coming at you just by living your life, mm -hmm. but you've also got the stuff that you can control that's coming at you. Yes. Okay, so it's a three-pillar structure. Yes, and just to throw something else into that mix, Crivens. what we now know is that your exposome can also impact your gene expression. So I'll give you an example of that, just sort of taking it out of context. Are, of we, are, we, are we all here? We're all here? Yeah. Good. Good. Okay, so I'll give, you an stuff. I'll give you an example and it'll make sense. So let's say, for example, you have twins and they have a genetic predisposition to depression in the family. You have one twin who lives a life that's surrounded by good friends, a good social circle. They have a job that they love. You know, they never have to worry about food on the table or they don't show the depression. That gene is not expressed for them. Mm -hmm. Whereas somebody else, that other twin, might live a life where you know, they're not enjoying the job, they have money worries, they have a lot of stress in their life, and so that gene is expressed. So can you see how that might apply to skin? That you may be predisposed to something, but it may or may not show according to the life that you live. Right. Gosh, so we really do have to be vigilant, don't we? <laughs> we really have to be vigilant. And as you said, Emma, you know, there are those things that we can't control. So things like pollution and UV, which is sort of... Uh, 
but we can control through product. Right. You know, whereas there are those lifestyle things that, of course, you have control over. So we know, for example, too much sugar in the diet causes all sorts of problems, but to your skin, it causes inflammaging, <laughs> your favorite word. Um, so, you know, there are those things that you can control a little bit more with diet, lifestyle, stress. Etc. Can we explain what inflammaging is, please? <laughs> yes, so, I know we are going to come to it, but I think we've mentioned it enough now to warrant the explanation. Yeah, so we now we now understand that um, there are a number of different things which can cause inflammaging in the skin. We talked about pollution earlier. There's UV. There's also stress levels. But essentially, when you cause inflammation in the skin, you cause degradation of the skin, and so therefore you set up premature aging, the process of premature aging. So it's almost like I mentioned earlier as you age the rate of cell renewal slows down pretty much everything starts to slow down and inflammaging causes that to happen faster oh goodness um now in the goodie bag everybody has this uh, phytonature firming serum and it contains peptides I'm sure everybody in the room has heard of peptides before correct but can we can you explain to us what their function is in this particular serum and also just basically how they work and what they mean in skincare? Yes. Um, peptides are incredible. They're, they're like, almost like chemical messengers. I love it when skincare skin. experts get misty-eyed about things like peptides. Yeah. We love peptides. We, I know fibroblasts, peptides, you know. So, yeah, we'll come on to antioxidants in a minute. That'll be interesting too. Um, so the, the serum is a dual phase serum and that's meant that we've actually been able to pack a lot of very potent ingredients in, it's almost like two separate formulas yeah, that come together. Yeah. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Because, you know, if you put everything into one formula, you've got to put emulsifiers and things in that sort of waste space effectively. So by having the dual phase serum, we can pack in the potency mm. of ingredients. But in so one of the... they're put in the bottle and then when you pump them, that's when they meet for the first time. Exactly. In the palm of your hand. Exactly, <laughs> yes. So one of the phases has the peptides in and we, we're calling those biomimetic peptides. And all that means is that it's mimicking what the body does naturally. So those peptides not only help to stimulate the synthesis of collagen in the skin, but also the fibroblasts which are the cells that produce collagen so and that's a bit of a difference because we've talked about collagen for a long time in the industry and stimulating the production of collagen but now we can actually stimulate the fibroblasts because your fibroblast numbers decline as you get older so now we can actually synthesize more fibroblasts in the skin as well as more collagen being produced in the skin and we can also help to protect against um, there are other processes that occur in the skin that break down the uh, fibroblasts and the collagen and all the protein in the skin that's sort of it's like your packing material underlying the epidermis Mm. you've got all this lovely packing material that keeps it soft and supple and plump and that can be broken down caused by all of these exposome factors so peptides again will help to keep all of that intact and yay from the room or Renee, who uses topical products because they are concerned about their collagen levels either 
depleting or just because they think I want to keep them nice and buoyant? Yes, see? Yes. <laughs> so it's great because, you know, that whole collagen discussion has been around for a while and, and people are quite familiar with that, but we're understanding more and more about how we can impact it, which is exciting. And when I was doing my deep dive into the guts of a product, which is what I like to call it, um, it's, it can restart or um, accelerate the functions that have slowed down, which I think I found that very interesting. Yeah. So, for example, talking about um, oxidative stress or free radical damage in the skin, um, you can. We know that there is an antioxidant that naturally occurs in our body called glutathione, and it's the most dominant antioxidant that your body produces. But again, with age, it starts to reduce, and therefore those free radicals have a bit more free reign to cause damage in the skin. So. As an example, we can use glutathione now as an antioxidant in the which is in Phytonature Firming Serum to replace that glutathione that you've lost naturally in the body. So again, it's effectively mimicking how your skin used to behave, and that's you know what we're talking about with Phytonature Firming Serum is reawakening your younger skin. Mm -hmm. And actually, the clinical studies have shown us that you can take five years off your perceived age, and that's clinical studies external to to Dermalogica that you can take five years off of your perceived age by stimulating all of this machinery in the skin to start working again like to reboot it up. Yeah, it's like come on, let's get going again. Yeah. yeah. Now we've. Phyto nature, uh, the firming serum, we know it's in everybody's goodie bag, I've said it before. But is everyone in this room eligible? All these lovely, glorious, gorgeous, plump faces. Can they all use it and see results? Well, it's um, it's within our age smart category. So that tends to be products that are positioned for people that's over the age of 35. However, Trust me, we have a lot of staff members at the age of 25 who have already started using Phytonature Firming Serum. It's really dependent upon when you start to see the signs of aging and are concerned about it or whether you want to safeguard against it because there's a lot of ingredients in there that are helping to build up the resilience of the skin and safeguard you against that future aging. So there's no definitive age. Okay, that's good to know. And again, a yay for if you are already currently using what might be classed as an anti-aging product somewhere within your skincare. Yay! Yes. Amazing. So there you go. And we've talked about expectations to have, fair expectations to have of topical ingredients. How long, what is a, what is a realistic and fair expectation on the Phytonature Firming Serum? Yeah, that's a good question. So from the clinical studies that we've done, you will see an instant change in luminosity of the skin and fine lines caused by dehydration. And the reason for that is that we're using a very powerful form of hyaluronic acid that's literally act acting as a flash filler. So that's not a long-term effect, that's an instant effect. And you'll see that within two hours of using the product. But long-term, we did clinical studies to show that wrinkles are reduced at the four-week period. And then we also have, we have some lovely photographs that I'm sure the team can show you um, at the end of the podcast that show the lifting effect of the product after eight weeks. Links so, will be in the show notes, listeners. Yes. So, um, yes, so the longer you use it, the, the more cumulative the effects are going to be. 
Okay, and also, how would one incorporate it into their skincare regime? Because isn't that something that we all, we've got all these products, and we're like, what order do I use them in? Yeah, I know, and I'm using acids and retinols and serums and, you know, pigmentation, lightening products, and yes. And if, like me, you're friends with um, noted skincare experts and you accidentally mention what you're doing and then they tell you off, which uh, is great. But what is the actual way, how do you incorporate serums, particularly maybe even this one, into what you're currently doing? So my advice would be to think about, particularly about the time of day, because if you're going out in the morning, your goal would be to protect your skin. So think about your antioxidants, think about anti-inflammatory ingredients if that's a concern for you. Think about barrier products that will protect you against pollution, as an example, and obviously SPF. Whereas in the evening, your skin is in regeneration mode. So we know that it's sort of, your skin gets ready for, for bed at about nine o'clock in the evening. And it says, right, I'm now ready to regenerate because I haven't got to worry about defending myself against the world. So I can now just relax and do my thing. So I just love the idea of my skin going, oh, time to regenerate. It, it really does. I really, you know, really hope that happens. But it, it really does because it's not in defense mode anymore. So, you know, that is the time when it's, it's a good point to put on on your actives that you want to be stimulating and regenerating and doing all of the hard work. So that's where Phytonature would fit. You can use it morning and evening. So if you're really keen on those uh, aging, you know, those, those age-fighting ingredients, mm. you can use it morning and evening. How, but otherwise, I would say in the evening. How much do you have to use? One pump. One pump. You'll, you'll see when you use it, one pump is more than enough to do your whole face and your neck. Because your skin shouldn't feel saturated. Like, it should begin to disappear, shouldn't it? It shouldn't... Yes. Because I've definitely over-applied product before. Yes. And it's always good to get... Um, yeah, I mean, there is that temptation to use too much product, but you really don't need to. You'll, you'll feel how far it goes. And it's always good to get a little bit of dry down. So, you know, just allow the product to absorb into the skin just for 30 seconds a minute before you pop your moisturiser yeah. on so you're not sort of diluting it with the moisturiser. But, sorry, to, to just add, use it after you've spritzed with your toner mm -hmm. because then your, t your skin is hydrated so it actually absorbs product better. Oh, okay. Because I've definitely been guilty of just sort of out of habit doing a couple of pumps just because it felt right. Mm. And then realising, A, I was going through product very quickly. Yes. And B, I was using too much and overstimulating. Yeah. So one, most, I didn't realise this until quite recently, the pumps are actually a dose. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 20 years experience, people. Um, <laughs> right. Before we uh, head over to listen to questions, so start thinking about what you want to ask Sally. Um, tell us about what else is in the bottle, because you do have some really strong antioxidants and some really interesting natural ingredients in there too, don't you? Yes, we do. So um, we're using an ingredient called Moroccan rock rose, which is a very powerful antioxidant. So we're using that alongside the um, glutathione that we mentioned earlier. And we're also using uh, camu camu extract, which is really great at fighting um, stress-related inflammation yeah. uh, in the skin. Um, and we're also and that ingredient actually we're we're partnering with a, a carbohydrate so that the natural microbiome of the skin eats away the carbohydrate and then releases the product into the skin. So it's there's some really fun um, you know botanical ingredients in there that are also shown to really instantly revitalize the skin but also work on a long-term basis to help boost those antioxidant levels within the skin. 
So basically, it just does all the thinking. It does, really. And, and I think, you know, that is an interesting point as well. And, you know, whether you're looking at Demological or you're looking at any brand, you've got to remember that the ageing process in the skin is multifaceted. So there's a lot of different things happening. So when you're looking at a product to ta- target the concerns of ageing, don't just look at one thing that's going to target collagen production, for example. Think about the inflammation that's occurring in the skin. How do Think- we know if I have inflamed skin? Um, well, all skin that's aging will be inflamed to some degree. You know, there will be some inflammatory aging occurring. Okay. But think about particularly the environment, your environment, and also your lifestyle again. Mm-hmm. You know, if, you're, if you drink a lot of alcohol, you're going to have more inflammation in your body. If you eat a lot of sugar, you're going to have more inflammation in your body. If you're working in London, you're going to have more inflammation caused by pollution. So again, you know, just think, think about your lifestyle. Excellent. Right. Um, I will get your phone number (laughs) so that I can WhatsApp you from my bathroom and I am applying product, if that's okay. It's on tape. She has to give it to me. Um, Thank you so much. I found that really, really useful. I have learned a lot. Um, but, But it does not end there. The floor is open to ask Sally any skincare query you may have. So we are going to ask for hands this time. No shouting. Uh, who wants to ask Sally a question? Lovely lady in leopard print uh, headband. Yeah, leopard is a neutral. Um, it is a neutral. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that. So my question is about um, product application because my first instinct is always to kind of rub and massage it in. But uh, when I was living in Japan, women said, no, 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 you have to pat items in because rubbing will cause wrinkles. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on proper application. Mm -hmm. Well, I would say there's a couple of key things there. First of all, never be too aggressive with your skin because obviously your skin is a living organ and we don't want to oversensitize it or overstimulate blood flow, which could lead to sensitivity. Um, But also... More importantly, funnily enough, is that you don't want anti-aged hands. You know, you really want the product to go onto your face and be beneficial to your face. So, yeah, when you, I think, you know, I, I see people quite often that are guilty of they put the product into their hands and they do that and then they sort of rub it over their faces obviously your hands have absorbed quite a lot because you've also created heat there as well so things absorb with heat so that's why we always recommend you know just onto the fingertips particularly treatment products you know your serums and your boosters and then yes as you said just pat them onto the skin or just lightly stroke into the skin but yeah be gentle so a feather light touch yes so to speak thank you that was a great question and you're correct about leopard (laughs) Um, who else hello lovely gorgeous lady in a white blazer Um, I've got a question about parabens so in Australia there's a very big push for natural skincare no parabens and I kind of wanted to get your thoughts obviously there's the scientific side and then there's the natural Mm -hmm. side so Mm -hmm. from your perspective what's your take on Um, It's a very interesting topic um, and I don't I I can't sit here with the scientific studies to be able to share with you specifically Um, but there's a lot of controversy around a variety of ingredients that tends to be generated by the internet 
a lot. Um, and it, I think what you need to understand as a consumer is that a lot of these things come from potentially one study that was done somewhere in the world by an individual on a small group of people and then either wasn't substantiated, so the rest of the clinical community didn't agree with it, didn't support it, or the study wasn't done independently, or you find out that it was a study that's backed by a product company who has an invested interest in, in what the response might be. So as far as parabens are concerned, brands have had a lot of pressure put upon them to remove parabens from product because of that social discussion that's been happening. Um, but the clinicals don't necessarily back up the controversy. So we, as an example, we did used to use some parabens in our product and we've removed the parabens from our products now. Um, and I think you'll find you know, most brands have moved in that direction. But it's a bit of a shame sometimes because there are ingredients that have had to be removed from product because of this controversy that surrounds them. It's a it's a massive conversation right now. It is. I it's huge. Understand? Yeah, definitely. Mm. That's really interesting from your perspective. Anyone else with a question? Lady at the back. Hello. Hi. I recognised the other day that there isn't a second in my life when I don't have a product on my face, be it some time in the day or series in the evening. In terms of Skin health, which is what dermatologists focus on. Does that matter that my skin is never without? No. On its face? No, it's perfect. It's so perfect. It doesn't it's need, like half an hour to sort of. Not at all. No, yeah. not at all. No. <laughs> I like my nails that need a week off if you have regular manics. Yeah. No, and, it, it, and it's funny because sometimes people say, oh, but the skin needs time to breathe. Your skin doesn't breathe at all. Um, your lungs, you know, do the breathing for you. But yeah, your skin doesn't need time to breathe. So no, really, uh, you know, to put it in very, very simple terms, if we lived as prehistoric women where we didn't need to worry about the environment and pollution and, you know, everything else that's going on, we probably could live without anything on our skins. But because we like to be clean, we like to wash, we don't want to smell, um, you know, and then we're exposed to all the things we're exposed to on a daily basis. Actually, we're just supporting your skin's natural behaviour by using a moisturiser or, you know, because all you're doing with a, a moisturiser is improving the lipid, the barrier function of the skin to be more protective, as an example. So you're mimicking what the skin would do naturally. That's a great question, though. Mm. Um, where do you stand on when you should take your makeup off? When you get home or at bedtime when you do your skincare? Or ideally when you get home. Yes. I mean, again, that comes back to what time you go to bed. I am very early to bed. I go to bed when I want. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm, um, yeah, I'm tucked up in bed by 10 o'clock most evenings. I have twin girls who are six, so they get me up very early in the morning. So hence, I go to bed quite early. Um, So for me, it would be my normal nighttime routine when I'm taking my makeup off. But for those people who might be night owls, well, you're missing a bit of a period of regeneration if you take your makeup off too late. So as we mentioned earlier, you know, if you can try and get your makeup off by about nine o'clock, and get your regenerative products on before you go to, you know, go to bed. That's great. That's perfect. If you've been out all day, if you've been in central London all day and you've been attacked by pollution mm-hmm. and you get home, are, is that pollution still having an impact on your skin until yeah. you take it off? Okay, yeah. right, I'm washing my face the second I get through the door. Yeah, sure. 
yeah I mean I would definitely say and and actually just being in London um, for the last few days that's been my immediate instinct when I get home is that I need to clean my skin because I know it's sitting there and it's congesting my skin so and and you know there's some great anti-pollution products out there now um there's a great ingredient called binch tan charcoal that absorbs pollution in the skin so it it just acts like a, a magnet really and it just sort of draws that pollution out of the skin so that would be a great thing to do in the evening and and if you're you are in London constantly even like a, a charcoal mask might be quite good to get rid of that pollution yeah exactly yeah <laughs> uh, any other questions I think right uh let's go lady at the back who made a lot of we'll come to you next sorry to reverse the signs of aging retinol yes retinol is is probably the most powerful active that we have available to us um 100% yes the dosage might vary according to you as an individual. If you've never used retinol before, I would suggest that you dilute your retinol when you first start using it. So as an example, our retinol comes with buffer cream. So we recommend that you mix quarter retinol to three quarters buffer cream because your skin has uh, retinol receptors in it. And you need to, again, give those a bit of a kickstart to say, okay, we're going to be putting some retinol on here. You need to get ready to receive this and to start working with it. Otherwise, if you go too strong too quickly your skin can react it can be you know a little bit sensitive so just build it up slowly but then yes you can definitely use it long term always use retinol at night um, it's reactive with daylight so it will sort of destroy some of the benefits of the retinol um, and always use your spf if you're using retinol and please start slow because yes. A few weeks ago, whilst trialing a new retinol, I overdid it. I went to a concert, a daytime concert with Caroline Hirons, and the fun is she burst out laughing because at one point I just had a bottle of cold water on my face, <laughs> just pressed against it because I was like, I'm a little bit oversensitive right now. <laughs> she thought it was hilarious. And thinking about what else you use as well, because, you know, I've had some conversations with people this week that say, I use an acid in the morning and then I use a retinol at night and then I mix it with something else at this point. And, it, you know, you sort of think, oh my goodness, that's a lot for your skin to tolerate. So if you are starting to use retinol, I would say try and avoid anything else that's too active at the same time. Just let your skin get used to it for a while. Okay. Sorry, we'll come to you now. <laughs> That's a great question. That's a really great question because there are not many brands that address adult breakouts because they sort of it's almost like an assumption that as you start to age your skin's going to dry out you know and all, all you're going to need is very rich heavy products so you're absolutely right so no there are plenty of serums on the market treatment products on the market that are 
um, either very lightweight oils that are not clogging to the skin, they're not a, a problem for an oily skin, or oil-free products. Um, and then, of course, there are serums that specifically target adult breakouts. So no, serums are absolutely fine. You just need to check those ingredients, make sure that it's non-comedogenic, make sure the formula is non-comedogenic and it's not going to cause any congestion for you. So a, a, a treatment product for acne isn't going to be um, made um, redundant in the skin by an anti-aging product? No, definitely not. Or no. vice versa? Uh, no, 100% you could use those side by side. Yeah, 100%. Any other questions? Hi. Hi. Your lipstick's amazing. <laughs> it is. It's gorgeous. Um, I'm interested in why you suggest best to keep products because I'm a bit overwhelmed with, like, some people say keep it in fridges, some people are keeping your bedroom, keeping your living room. Like, like, there's all different places people keep them. My products have kind of moved all my flat recently because I don't know why to keep them. Um, I don't know if the bathroom's too hot and everything. Yeah. That's another great question. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, most products will be stability tested. So when they're formulated, they will be put into very high temperatures and very cold temperatures to ensure that they stay stable. The only thing, the, the word of warning I would give you is if you have products that are in jars, for example, um, or in something where you can sort of open up mm -hmm. the top of the product and expose air, you may need to just check that those ingredients are uh, stable that are used in the product. Because I'll, I'll give you an example of that. Vitamin C is a very unstable ingredient to formulate with. And so you may have used products in the past that have a high concentration of vitamin C in them. But actually, when you leave the, you keep taking the lid off, after a couple of weeks, they start going brown. And you think, what's going on with this? Well, it's because the vitamin C is being oxidized. So make sure if you're using something like the, a vitamin C, that you're using a stabilized form of vitamin C. And trust me, a brand will promote the fact that they're using a stabilized form of vitamin C because that's a big selling point uh, for a product. So look out for something that's stable. But other than that, temperature, don't worry about temperature. All products are stability tested, so you'll be fine. What about keeping them on a window ledge where they're potentially going to get sun on them? No, even that should be fine. Um, I would probably say the only exception to that would be if you were using pure essential oils. Um, essential oils can be degraded by light, but again, usually the packaging will overcome that. So you might see essential oils in brown bottles or sometimes you see them in yeah. um, glass lined sort of aluminium casing and that protects them from light. So usually the brands have thought about all of those eventualities. I mean, obviously products sold to very, very hot countries may not have air conditioning, you know, so they have to cater for everything. Um, the only thing I keep in the fridge is those eye masks to bring down puffiness. Yes, great idea. Yeah. Yes, I've been known to keep a, a hydrating mask in the fridge. Yes. Again, that when you put it on, it's super cool and yeah, yeah, love <laughs> Misty -eyed that. Misty-eyed again. Do we have yeah. time? I think we have time for one or two more questions if there are any. No, sure. Well, to be honest, I, if I were you, I would want to get into these skin treatments as well. So, um, Sally. Thank you so much. It's been so delightful talking to you. And thank you, everyone, for coming. It's been so brilliant. <laughs>
thank you so much for listening if you want to get in touch with the show it couldn't be easier just email me on thebeautypodcast at gmail.com alternatively you could send me a dm on instagram or twitter where i am at emma guns at at e-m-m-a-g-u-n-s if you want to chat with me and over three thousand fellow listeners to the emma guns show then why not click the link in the show notes which can be found wherever you are streaming and downloading this episode click the link answer the three questions and join the forum there are discussions galore with other excellent listeners of the podcast thank you so much for listening i'll see you on the next one small details are big surfaces tight corners are odd shapes flat rounded textured or tall whatever your next project there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.